Get ready to jumpstart your scientific career with practical advice on being a successful and contented scientist. Each episode of the Happy Scientist podcast delivers hands-on, actionable steps you can take to ensure you stay happy, focused, and satisfied in the lab. Available on all popular podcast platforms, hit the subscribe button and start your journey towards a more fulfilling scientific career. the happy scientist podcast each episode is designed to make you more focused more productive and more satisfied in the lab you can find us online at bitesizebio.com slash happy scientist your hosts are kenneth vote founder of the executive coaching firm vera claritas and dr nick oswald phd bioscientist and founder of bite size bio Hello and welcome to another edition of the Happy Scientist podcast. This is the place to be if you want to become a happier, healthier and more productive scientist. I'm Nick Oswald, the founder of BitesizeBio.com and today we are drawing on the wisdom of Mr. Kenneth Vogt, the Bite Size Bio team coach and founder of the executive mentoring company Vera Claritas. Today and in all other Happy Scientist podcast episodes, you get to benefit from his Yoda-like words of wisdom to help you increase your performance, enjoyment and success in the lab. Today, we'll be discussing something that you've maybe never managed to spot before. We're talking about how to see your blind spots. So Ken, how do you do that? How can you see something that you can't see? <laughs> well, yeah, well, it, it begins with first thing we have to acknowledge. Everybody's got blind spots. We, we all agree with that, right? Everybody else, especially, they've got blind spots. I know you do. <laughs> yeah, and I know you do. <laughs> but, you know, if the thing we have to get clear about is, you know, I myself have blind spots. It's just, it's just how it is. And this is, this is where it gets more interesting. It's not that hard to admit that you have blind spots until it gets specific. Then it's a matter of, of oh, well, but not that one. You know, it's like, well, are, are you always kind? Well, sure. Well, how about are you always kind to your spouse? Well, uh, I don't want to talk about that. Well, how about are you always kind to your kids? Well, I don't know about that. Are you always kind to your to your grad students? You know, and you, you you can go down the list and people say, well, I, yeah, I'm not always kind. But whenever you want to make it specific, are you kind with strangers? Are you kind with the homeless person on the street? You know, they don't want to look at it. But this is this is part of the what you have to do the first thing we have to do is admit explicitly that a particular blind spot exists until we face a specific blind spot we're never going to be able to see it so after that we can head through some stages of how to deal with it but it all begins with that acknowledge a blind spot now it might be something that has to do with, you know, that's, that's very specific. Like, I just, I just don't understand something. You know, I, I, I see there's a prevalent view right now. I just don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't see what all the, all the excitement's about. I don't know why people care. I don't know why I should care, you know, and, or why it would matter in my work. You know, so it's, it's up to you to decide well, what things really matter. What after that, you're going to find there's a 
there's a standard way that we all approach this kind of thing. When you have a blind spot, the, the first thing after you realize it is, is you realize how terribly uncomfortable you are. Like here you are, you've been going along, and all of a sudden you realize, holy cow, I've never understood this. I've never, I've never even noticed that that mattered. Whatever it may be, now this could be something. It could be something you know purely emotional, but it could be something very factually based. That could be you know very much that is inhibiting your progress as a scientist and as a researcher. You know something that you just haven't haven't noticed to look at. And now you're finally going, you know, all this time, this keeps happening. I keep having this problem, keep having this problem. What if I looked over here? And, you know, it might be something that you feel is below you to look at. Like, maybe, maybe I need to work on the environment being more sterile. You know, I mean, now that sounds, I mean, I know that's a very basic thing. But what if, what if you decide to look at that? And that's when you discover certain things that you might not have realized. You know, that's when you're all like, holy cow, how is this? There's this contaminant here. Now, how did it get there? You know, no, now you got something to look at. Now, the, the, at the beginning, when you first see a blind spot and it's uncomfortable or maybe embarrassing or, or it can be intellectually frightening, like I don't know how I'm going to deal with that, um, our, our natural reaction is to resist. Resistance is something that I'm sure you encounter all the time in others and in yourself. And it gives some evidence of, of dealing with blind spots. So the first thing you want to look at is what don't I want to see? And I put it that way. The, the important part is about the wanting. It isn't that you can't see it. It's that you don't want to see it. You don't want to see a problem. It's going to be so much harder if this is true. Oh, but if it if it is true, it's true. Well, and you got to deal with it. So you okay. first. So yeah. so here's 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 a. I'm just trying to think of a way to contextualize this in science, a simple one. So imagine you're uh, you're in the lab, you're doing your experiments, uh, and you uh, you're doing an experiment that involves a lot of pipetting, and the results just look don't make sense. So you're checking the reagents. You're looking for all of the all of the solutions that are someone else's fault, something wrong with the reagent, or something that is easy to fix, like, you know, oh, you changed the timer, you know, the timer was on too long or something like that. And it finally boils down to the fact that you, the way that you're preparing is causing the problem. And that's fundamental because it means that you will have to go away and check all your pipettes. You're going to have to just check your pipetting technique it might mean that previous experiments have been messed up by the same issue. That's going to be painful, right? You know, so that, that, the quicker you can allow yourself to um, stop resisting that possibility and deal with it, then, uh, you know, the better, you, the quicker you're going to get back on track. Sure. So uh, as an aside, if, if this pipetting problem sounds like an issue you have encountered, you ought to head over to Bite Size Bio. There's a bunch of articles about that over there. There certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now let's let's look at this a little different. Are you okay? You know what you don't want to see, but why don't you want to see it? And I think you just you just uh, gave us a a hint of why you might not want to see certain things. It's like, 
oh man, now I have to get up to speed. Or I'm going to have to go through a whole lot of work or I'm going to have to ask for a whole lot of work to be done to, to address this. So it doesn't go away just because you don't want to see it. It doesn't go away because you've got a reason to not want to see it. These are excuses behind resistance. And I, and I, want, to be, I want to be really blunt here. I'm saying excuses. They're not reasons for resistance. They are excuses for resistance. They're not serving you. They're getting in your way, and they're and they're keeping you from from addressing your blind spots. So something, uh, some another question you might ask yourself then is, what may I have to admit? Now that I've seen something here, is there something I have to admit? You know, and the ad, admission might be, uh, I have not got myself fully qualified for this technique, and I need yeah. to work on that. No, so so here's one is you go yeah okay so I kind of skipped over pipetting because I, I so many people well I don't, I don't know I'm not going to talk for anyone else I'm <laughs> gonna um, I kind of skipped over this the basics of pipetting because it looked it's easy that's the fundamentals I'm clever why should I have to sit, sit and figure out and test myself on something so menial I just go straight into the into the meat of the experiment you know. I never take the time to clean my pipettes um, and calibrate them and so on. And and I thought I could get away with it, you know. I, you know. Even I know that sounds bad, but you know that's the thing about it. You may find when you you're going to have to admit that you're doing some things that even look bad to somebody who's not a scientist. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, but but here's the thing: if it looks bad because it is bad, well. You need to know. You need to. You need to take notice of it, and you need to admit it. And I'm not saying you gotta get on a soapbox and tell everybody how how bad you suck at this. You know, <laughs> it's it's a matter of admitting to yourself. You know, it, it's not like you have to you have to be browbeat about this. It's just when you recognize that that there's something something that you need to work on, something you're failing at, something you're inadequate at. By all by all means, admit it to yourself. Now, another thing, another question you may have, need to ask yourself is, what may I have to give up in in the light of this blind spot? That is, you may have some, some preciously held views. And what if now you've, there's evidence that you need to change your view. Um, and that can be, that can be even harder to do than to admitting to, to a lack, because you've got, you've got an investment in your, in your present view. You know. well, say you think that you know I, I'm above all that stuff calibration. Right. I I don't need to spend the time on that. I can be. I, I I'm I'm talking about myself here. <laughs> it's about you know I can just do this stuff and I don't need to pay attention to the details. That's what probably why I'm not in the lab anymore. To be honest. Um, but, <laughs> well, you know it does take a certain type of personality. Yeah, it and, really does. And yeah. you know we've yeah. we've talked in the past about uh, there's plenty of possibilities for making a living as a scientist that don't involve the lab so yeah. but, <laughs> obviously I mean, it's funny. Made it somehow it's funny <laughs> though that when that example though you know from something so small you know seemingly so small it can cause big problems um if you don't look if you don't let yourself see it but when you do let yourself see it it can be fundamentally life-changing you know even that is right I, I you know do i want to am i the sort of person who can do this can you know, commit to this level of detail all the time. 
you know, uh, maybe I'm in the wrong career. You know, that's, that's taking it to the to the extreme. But well, it's taking um, it to the negative extreme. But it might be like, you know what? I want to I want to be this. I want to rise this level. I want to be one of the excellent people that can do this because I know a lot of people just playing can't. And maybe I'm going to find it hard to get there, but I'm capable of getting there. And so it drives you that way. Yeah, and so you've just uncovered one of the obstacles that you were unconsciously blocking yourself from being mm -hmm. excellent. Yeah. Like what you're hearing? Ready to supercharge your scientific career? Discover practical advice on what it takes to be a successful scientist without sacrificing happiness. Learn the importance of meeting your human needs, identifying and unlocking your charisma factors, discovering your core mindsets, and much more. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack and get started on your journey to becoming a happier scientist today. Subscribe now and check the show notes to download. Right. Well, that leads to another question. What am I gaining by resisting? When, you know, why, why do I not want to give up this disbelief? Why do I not want to admit there's a problem? Why didn't I want to see all that stuff? It's because there's something you've gotten out of resisting. It's actually been beneficial to you. So don't be too hard on yourself that you've been resistant to something because there is some benefit. Yeah, maybe the benefit is just I don't have to work that hard, you know, yeah, no, <laughs> or I don't have to think that hard. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other times it's like, well, you know, I thought I had this all sorted out and that was a very comforting position. And well, that's turning out to not be so. So well, now I have now. Now I now I resist. So once you see all that and you start to realize, well, there's really not any value in me resisting any further. When when you when all of the all of the possibilities for resistance being good for you go away, well, now you are in a position to switch over to that next most beautiful thing, um, and that is acceptance. At this point, you got a blind spot, and you're not going to fight it in. You've, you've decided, you know, you've been through the process. I'm not fighting this thing. You know, I, I still don't know anything. I don't, I just know I have a problem. I don't know what to do about it, but you know what? I'm okay with that because having acknowledged that I've got this issue to deal with, well, now I can go find a solution. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't have to know what to do yet. What I have learned though, is now I know I don't know something. And that's extremely useful. And I'll refer you back to episode 31 of the podcast where we talked about what you don't know you don't know. Um, this is part of the way of getting getting out of that mode. When, when you see your blind spots, you're, you're starting to uncover what you don't know you don't know. And you've taken to it a very, a very useful place of I know what I don't know. So the other thing about this is now that you've realized there's something you don't know, you can get all fixated about the the monumental amount of stuff that you don't know. And it can be, you know, you can get down on yourself. But, but you know, you're not the sum of your voids. That's not who you are. <laughs> so don't worry about the things you don't know. There's always going to be stuff you don't know. And there's going to be important things you don't know. And the fact is that there being important things you don't know is what has driven science from the beginning. And it's, it's that draw to find those things that you don't know, to fill those voids. And that's what acceptance will do for you. you know, and obviously, uh, acceptance is way better than resistance. <laughs> resistance is giving you limited value. 
it's one of those, you know, a different angle on that sort of idea of you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable if you want to expand. Yeah, cause, and, and one way to look at that is what you're looking for is your blind spots and how to fix them. Well, now you got another article you brought up to mind that I'll have to put in the show notes. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's about, uh, it's an article I believe was entitled, There's No Such Thing as a Comfort Zone. It's, this is a manufactured notion of what we think we're comfortable with because other people are comfortable with things we're not comfortable with. Well, obviously it's possible, you know, so we can go there. <clears throat> so, having gotten to the point of acceptance, you will notice that you still have a blind spot. All you've done is revealed it and you've gotten clear about it and you know it's there, but you don't know what to do about it. Well, you got to go keep going. And for that, you got to move to a place that I'm going to uh, going to label post acceptance. In at post acceptance, you choose discovery. You're going I'm out there looking for the solution to this. Now, cause in some cases, it's just it's just um, you know blocking and tackling, as it were. There's there's nothing about it that's going to be that hard. You know, learning how to pipette properly. You know that that's something I can get schooled on. I can I can get information about that and I can put it into practice and I can do it. There are other other blind spots when you open them up. You're going to realize there isn't anybody. To, there's nowhere to look. There's nowhere to, no one can tell me the answer to this. I'm going to have to go find it. And when you commit to that, I, I mean, to me, that's the highest calling of science. You, you, that's that's been something science has done better than any other. Um, endeavor in human existence in my mind. So, you know, discovery is, is the place to be. <laughs> now, uh, like we talked about earlier with, with resistance or where you were getting some gains from resisting, now is the time to really dig into, all right, well, how do I replace those gains from my former resistance? Because those gains obviously mattered to you. So you're going to need to find a way to replace those. And sometimes in um, in filling your blind spots, that's a good place to start, because you might it might be well I got to do this whole discovery thing before I can really solve this blind spot. But before I do that, let me solidify my my foundation and make sure that I'm getting all of the things I used to get out of resisting already, and you know get that laid out there, and then you're gonna have then you're gonna be more comfortable in your your search for discovery. I realize that's not always possible, you know, when folks launched into, uh, you know, finding new vaccine and they had a very short time frame in front of them, they didn't really get a chance to get comfortable. That's, they, that wasn't going to work there. And that, you know, that's true in a number of ways in life. There's sometimes when, when getting comfortable is not a priority. And so, you know, you, you have to assess for yourself when that matters. But when you have the opportunity to do so, do it. You know, it's it's going to make everything easier, and and it's going to also clear clear the decks, as it were, so that you so you can focus all your attention on discovery going forward. I was thinking about uh, somebody that I used to know, and or I used to work with, let's put it that way. And yeah, I, I had hired him as a as a software engineer, and. You know, he, he was good as a software engineer, but it wasn't his, his degree wasn't in software engineering and his resume wasn't in software engineering. His resume <laughs> was quite interesting. He had been a tank commander 
um, <laughs> for for the U.S. Army. Now, uh, it's it's a in some ways it's a small job. You know, he was a you know he had the rank of captain. You know, that's not insignificant. And commanding a tank is not insignificant, but it's a small crew. You know, he had like three people in the tank with him. You know, <laughs> well, uh, it's not like, you know, having a giant battalion behind you. But then again, you've got a tank, <laughs> you know. <Right>. So <clears throat> what, what he did was he was able to take his experience and say, well, I can apply this in another area. And this is a time of the dot-com boom when we were really willing to bring people in without a software degree because they were already all soaked up. And, and some of the best engineers I ever had were people that had degrees in all kinds of other fields, in history and in biology and in chemistry uh, that, made, that turned out to be better software engineers than the people that I had that were software engineers, you know, by, by training. Um, so, you know, it, it came out of a willingness to see, okay, there's stuff I don't know because they knew they didn't know stuff because they weren't trained there. It's like their eyes were open to, to a different way of seeing things. Whereas the people that had gone through the, the software engineering uh, education had gotten, they had gotten deeply passed. And n not to say that, that was a bad thing because, um, you know, a lot of that's we don't want to be re reinventing the wheel, but it was great to have some people out there that had a little broader view, and could see, some, and they could clearly see some blind spots that some of their better educated comrades could not see because they were just too deep in it. And you know, not that they couldn't forever see it, but it wasn't automatic. For That's them. a different viewpoint, isn't it? It's like, um, it's like you know, people are coming to biology from from mathematics or chemistry or something like that they they, they maybe don't have a, a they don't immediately have the specific domain knowledge but they come with a such a different viewpoint that it can be really beneficial for sure so you know and and perhaps you dear listener that's you <laughs> so you know what if you got that make it work you know <laughs> so that's the idea move from re from resistance to acceptance to post acceptance Go back and, and look at what you don't know you don't know and uh, see what see what you can do. That's the way to do it. Thanks, Ken. That's really that's a good a good um, summary of a very important point actually. Quite a good way for it was quite clarifying for me. So hopefully everyone else enjoyed it. Um, Ken mentioned a couple of articles there that will be in the show notes for this uh, this episode. You can find the show notes uh, by going to bitesizebio.com forward slash the happy scientist and looking for this, which is episode 47. And on that page, you will find the show notes. And at that same place, you will find um, you can find all of the previous episodes that we've done. Um, there's plenty to look through if you haven't done so already. Some really interesting stuff there. Uh, and that just leaves me to say, to remind you about the Facebook page as well. If you want to join us there, the Happy Scientist Club, facebook.com forward slash the Happy Scientist Club. And you can um, join up with us, uh, chat with us, whatever you want to do there. So again, th Ken, thank you very much for uh, another illuminating um, little nugget here. And we will see you all again next time. Bye now.
Scientist is brought to you by Bite Size Bio, your mentor in the lab. Bite Size Bio features thousands of articles and webinars contributed by hundreds of PhD scientists and scientific companies who freely offer their hard-won wisdom and solutions to the Bite Size Bio community. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and want to keep learning practical tips on being a happy and successful scientist, don't wait any longer. Subscribe to the Happy Scientist podcast and download the Happy Scientist reference pack today. And together, let's reignite that passion for science that first got you into the lab. Remember, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. So hit that subscribe button now and check the show notes to download.